Welcome to the Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you are encouraged by this message. Uh, Harvest said one time years ago, he told me uh, that someone asked him, you know, why, why do we, why do we do um, uh, tithe and offerings in the church? Do we have to do that? Um, and he said, well, do you have to worship in church? And the, the, the meaning behind it is that, is that we would never say, why, why don't we, why do we do praise and worship at church? Why do we sing at church? We would never think that, right? But if you equate giving to worship, then worship giving is worship, right? So we worship the Lord when we come to the house of the Lord. Um, I just want to say I'm proud of you because we're going to get into the word. And I, I was expecting a lot less uh, people uh, the day after or a couple of days after Thanksgiving. But you have a treat today because one of my visions when I started the church is to make sure we get other people that have greater, great abilities to teach. And today our very own Pastor Keith is going to bring the word this morning. Come on. So Pastor Keith, would you give it up for Pastor Keith? Come on. I call him Bishop. Bishop. Bishop is in the house. Bishop TPK. Come on. <laughs> Let's stretch your hands towards Pastor Keith. I know what he's going to preach on, and, and get, just get ready. This is such a needed word. So, Father, I thank you for my friend, our associate, our men's director. Lord God, I pray that you anoint him, and let us listen and not be distracted today, because what you have to give, Lord, is very important for our lives. I pray that you anoint him in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning. So this morning, I want to talk about something that um, the Lord has been stirring in my heart for some time, and that is the importance and the roles of the local church. I think it's very important, and I think it is a diminishing uh, desire and a diminishing uh, understanding in the body of Christ today. So I want to show just a really short video clip of something that we saw last week. It was actually what uh, our First Lady uh, Janice spoke, and it really kind of ties into what I'm going to be speaking on today. So let's watch this real quick, just a little bit of a snippet of what she was talking about last week. Spoke to me and said, We're operating like a lopsided church. The same people are doing the same, serving multiple, multiple areas when we have congregation that can help and bear the load. And so today I wanted to encourage you. Will you take that, will you take that place and take the load off of somebody else who serves? almost every single Sunday because we don't have a um, guest service person. We don't have a greeter. We don't have a parking lot attendant. We don't have a children's worker. We don't have somebody to do media. We don't have somebody to do sound. There's so many departments at prayer. We don't have, um, you know, people to, to prayer lead. And if you guys partnered with us, all these areas would be filled where it would allow us to reach more. So God had highlighted to me the story of when Jesus fed the multitude. And Jesus, you know, I was like, God, like, he was bringing up that story during this time. And I was like, why would you bring up that story? Because I was like, there's 5,000. They say 5,000 people were fed. So 5, go men ahead and fed. stop it now. But one But child. the thing that she said that was really important, she says, if everybody in the body would do what they're supposed to be doing or what God has gifted them to do, we could reach more. Okay? 
And so um, when I'm talking about the local church, um, I want to talk about, I want to just share a, a quick little story. When I was growing up, the local church was kind of the hub of the community. Most of us walked to church. I know we could go right out of our backyard, and in five, ten minutes, we were in the church. And there was a lot of activity. A lot of the congregants that came went to that place together to share life together. And I remember how uh, we just became like a real body. We became a community. We would go to each other's houses. We would share a time with each other's. Uh, parents would discipline you, and they didn't have to be your parent. So that's how close the community was. That's how much we were like a family. And the hub of that was the place where we met, which was what we call the church. Now, today, a lot of what I'm going to be talking about, I'm not going to be talking about a building. I'm going to be talking about the body of believers, and I'll get to that in a moment. And so, uh, as time went along, I grew up, we moved away, we got farther away from that place, and now instead of being able to walk, we had to drive. And then after I got out of the military, the church had bought property and moved, and I saw a lot more people who were not part of the community where the, where the building was located that were coming to the church. And I saw it start to diminish in its importance, in its effectiveness, and in the number of people who were attending. And so I share that short story with you because in this day and age of technology, there are a lot of people who have lost the importance and the understanding of the role of the local church. We think it's something that uh, is no longer necessary. But I'm here today to enlighten you and to inform you that it is very necessary. With all of the technology that goes on out there, with all of the technology that's out there, you can stay informed and you can learn, but you can't be connected. One of the growing issues that came out of the pandemic because of isolation was mental health illnesses. It's soaring among all ages. Why? I was at a city council meeting and there was a whole group of students that got up and spoke about the mental illness challenges, and guess where a lot of it got its uh, 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 earth from? Social media. So you can be informed. You can watch messages. People can sit at home and watch this service right here. And you can be informed about what's going on, and you can learn by hearing the message, but you cannot be connected unless you are with the people of God. Since 1993, church attendance has declined for 49%, which I think is pathetic, Especially at that time when a lot of people 
probably over 70% of people were confessing Christians, to today in 2020, 29%. 29% of people are regularly attending a gathering called the church. 29%. And we wonder why we have all of this stuff going on. We wonder why we're out of control. As a matter of fact, today, statistics say that less than, for the first time, less than 50% of people in America confess to be Christians. In a nation that supposedly was founded on Judeo-Christian principles. And so we see what's happening. I'm going to just give you a couple of statistics before I start getting in. It says churches are back to only 30% of what they were in terms of people attending before the pandemic. It says 52% of churchgoers want primarily in-person services. Only 52%. 71% of those are the old birds like me. We call them the baby boomers. Yeah, people that was born back when some of y'all wasn't even born. Okay? We've been around for a while, and we're still hanging on. We like to meet you. We like to see you. We like to touch you. We don't want to see you through a camera because you can hide some things. But you're in front of me. I'm seeing everything. Says less than 50% of Gen X want in-person services. 47% of millennials 42% 42% and of Gen Z, 41% want in-person services. So they would rather sit online and watch service through a camera than be with their brothers and sisters in a place together. The role of the local church, and I want to kind of lay a foundation before I jump into the, the, to the meat of what I want to talk about. But in Isaiah 43.10, and this is out of the New Living Translation, it says this. And I don't know if you could put that up on the screen there. It says, but you are my witnesses, O Israel, says the Lord. You are my servants. You have been chosen to know me, believe in me, and understand that I alone am God. There is no other God. There, were ne- there never has been, and there never will be. Okay? That was in the Old Testament. So then we see what is a witness. And, and, and we're going to watch a, a, a real quick video clip But I want to go ahead and read this other verse um, before they show that video clip in uh, Matthew. Because in Matthew, Jesus talks about disciples. And and in Acts 1, he also talks about uh, witnesses. And so what I want to do is I want to go ahead and read this verse in Acts. It's Acts 1. Uh, verses 4 and 5, and then I'm going to jump down to verse 8. And this is in the American Standard 
uh, Bible. It says, gathering them together, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised, which he said, you heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be my witness, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and as far as the remotest parts of the earth. Okay? We hear that word witness again. Okay? So I want you to watch this real short video clip. And it's going to kind of explain what the word witness means. What does the Bible say it means to be a witness? To what are we a witness? And how does someone become a witness? Let's find out. The prophet Isaiah proclaimed this in chapter 43, verse 10. Ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that ye may know and believe me, and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall there be after me. The word witness is the Hebrew word ayed, and in conventional use, the witness is the one who gives evidence or testimony of things or of people. This was a role that was not to be taken lightly. So a witness is one who gives evidence of something. Evidence. That means that people should see something in us that gives evidence that we are God's people. We should not look like the world. We should not act like the world. We should not speak like the world. We are called out to be separated from the world. We are minority. <laughs> not because of the color of our skin, not because of our culture or our ethnicity, but because we have chosen to unite with God and be part of his family. And you know what? I'm okay with that. Called out, separated. I'm my own man. I'm God's man. And that's okay. And we should embrace that. That's what the word ecclesia means. It means to be called out and separated unto. We are the assembly of God. Brimley Christian Center is not this building. Brimley Christian Center is us, the gathering of the called out ones who have separated themselves and come together to unite in a local place and to share life together. That's what Brimley is. We can have any name on the, on the doorpost. People always ask me, when I, I, people ask me a lot of times, what are you? I say, I'm a, I'm a Christian. What are you? I'm a Christian. What are you? I'm a Christian. I say, you're you trying to get me to tell you where I go. 
But where I go is not who I am. Some people say, I'm a Baptist. I'm a Presbyterian. No, you, I don't care. That ain't going to get you into heaven. What's going to get you into heaven is being a child of God. I'm trying to stay calm here. It ain't working so well. So Jesus tells his apostles, he tells his disciples, and, and there was more than 12, because in the upper room there was actually 120, okay? He tells them to wait in Jerusalem till the promise comes, and the promise is that they were going to see, receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, okay? And so when that happened, let's look at Acts 2, and I'm just going to read this. You don't have to put that on the screen. In Matthew 28, Jesus says this, and this is the Great Commission. I teach about this. The Great Commission. He says, Jesus told his disciples, I have all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So Jesus has commanded us to go make disciples. We are to be witnesses. We're not to go witness, we are to be witnesses. It's who we are, not what we do. It's not for you to wait for somebody to say, let's go out and witness to people. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. When you wake up every day, and when you go wherever you go, you should be a witness. But what he commands us to do is go make disciples. That means go find people who want to be connected and teach them how to be connected. Okay? So, a lot of times I hear people saying, the church today is not da 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 The church today is so bad. The church today is, oh, it's falling apart. The sky is falling. I say, think about this. All those books that you're reading, that are called, that makes up the Bible, they were not written yesterday. They were written back in the first century, in the nostalgic church age, when you thought everything was good. They were having the same issues because people have the same issues. And so what I'm saying to you is when we talk about the role and function of the church, listen to this, and I want you to put that up there. This is, I'm going to read this twice. I'm going to read it first out of the New American Standard. And this is Acts chapter 2. When the church was being birthed, I want to read this to you. It says, they were continuing, continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching. Pay attention. And to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Now, <coughs> Pastor George spoke on that a while back, and he broke it down v- 
very effectively. So I'm not going to try to do that today. But I want you to hear that. I want you to hear those things. It says, everyone kept feeling a sense of awe, and many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. And all believers were together and had all things in common. They were where? They were where? They were where? They were together. Together means together. They were with each other. They were around each other. Okay, y'all thought I was going to give y'all some revelation of together. No, it just means together. Okay? And had all things in common. And they would sell their property and possessions and share with all to the extent that anyone had need. You see? Last week, a lady came in here, and she was asking for help. She says, you know, I got me a job, and I this, and, but I just need some help. I need some food. I need this. And I said, I said, ma'am, here we have a little food for you. I said, but if you really have a need, and you really want to see that need fulfilled, then you need to get connected to the body. See, I said, when you're disconnected from the body, I can give you a little something, something. But when you're connected to my body, I'm going to take care of you. Huh? Huh? We can give something to somebody else's body, but my body, hmm, I'm going to take care of. Yeah, I saw it. Y'all saw that flex, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to take care of my body. So I told her, you need to get connected with the body. That means you need to be here so we can get to know you and you can get to know us. It says, day by day, continuing with one mind, where? In the temple, public place, and breaking bread from house to house. So they did both. And they did it day after day. And we try to get you to come together one day out of a week, and you'll be like, I don't know about today. My family's in town. I don't know about today. I got free tickets here. I don't know about today. But here the first church was meeting daily. Together, where? In a public place. Because they want other people to see them together. And in the private place where they could get to know each other. They were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart. Praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord was adding their number day by day. See, when they were connected, when they were doing the things that God told them to do, following the teachings, being in prayer, being in fellowship with one another, 
meeting together, God said, I can trust them with some new ones. He said, God added to the church. See, when we're doing the right things, God said, I can trust you, so I'm going to give to you. I know, how, I know a little bit about that because I have a, my heritage is from a large family. See? My mother was one of 18 kids by the same mom and dad. They knew something about, and they didn't have a mansion. Matter of fact, the house that they lived in, I looked at it, and I said, 18 of y'all grew up in here? So, but they all worked together. They all had things in common. They each had their tasks and their chores and those kinds of things. To do. So they were together. Now I want to read that same, those same verses out of the Passion Translation. It says, every believer that was faithfully devoted, devoted, hear that word, devoted, devoted, devoted. That means they were firmly connected and firmly desiring. That, that was not, it was not an activity. It was part of their life. Okay? They were devoted to following the teachings of the apostles. Their hearts were mutually linked together. Their hearts were mutually linked together, sharing communion, coming together regularly for prayer. Regularly for prayer. We pick one day a week. Everybody like, uh, I'm busy that day. I can't come together that day. Now, we understand work schedules and stuff like that, but some of y'all ain't at work. I'm just saying it straight up. Some of y'all ain't at work. But if we're going to be the body, we must come together. And I hear so often people talking about the first century church. You want to be like them? Get up. Get dressed and come out for prayer. Get up, get dressed, and come out for Sunday service. Get up, get dressed, and come to connect groups. Get up, get, connect, get dressed, and come to the things that we have for you. I'm going to tell you why in a moment. A deep sense of awe, holy awe swept over them, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. All the believers were in fellowship as one body, okay? We don't even have, half of us don't even know what fellowship is. And I'm not going to take the time to tell y'all. We, we don't. We don't know what fellowship is. I see people sitting at the same table at lunch. I'm like, why y'all even go together to lunch? Y'all ain't looking at each other. You ain't talking to each other. You're on the phone. Uh, 
People come to lunch with me. They're like, where your phone? I don't know where my phone is at. I came to lunch to talk to you. Not to talk to that. I'm here to be with you. So the next time you go to lunch, the next time you go somewhere, take your phone and put it somewhere. Not in your hands. And talk to the people you went to be with. Oh, my God. What a revelation. Out of generosity, they even sold their assets and distributed. This is how close they were. They even sold their assets to distribute and the proceeds to those who were in need among them. See? They said, look, I got a little extra. I'm going to give it to you because you have a need, because we're that well connected. And I'm not giving it to you saying, now, the next time you see me, you know, bro, remember I gave you something. That, that ain't the way they were giving. They saw a need, they met a need. That's what it was. And it says... Daily they met together in the temple courts and in one another's home to celebrate communion. I'm not going to touch that going to somebody's house because we don't do that too much anymore. They share meals together with joyful hearts and tender humility, you know, a lot of times nowadays, people say, somebody's coming over the house. Oh, my God. <laughs> Who's coming over? How long will they be here? I got things to do. And we call ourselves the body. Are we really the body? The role of the local church. This is what came out of the local church. All of these things proceeded out of the local church. Now, let me tell you about the importance of the local church, okay? Because I want to honor time. I want to tell you about the local church, okay? One of the local church. This was God's way in his awesome design of creating community and strengthening believers. Do you know that? You can't be strengthened by yourself. The Holy Spirit wrote all of the Bible through people. You need people. You may not need a person, but you need people. Y'all didn't catch that. For some of y'all who's chasing the wrong person, you may not need a person in your life. But you need people in your life. Okay? And this is part of the body. This is part of what the local church does. It puts people around you. It allows you to be connected to people. This is what the local church does. This is part of the importance of it. I need you. You need me. We all are family. That that, that was a song I think somebody. So... 
Anyway, yeah, see, they got it. We are family. We are family. You may not like me. You may say, I hope he's a distant cousin. But we are family because we are connected through the blood of Jesus Christ. We are family eternally, so you're going to hear my big mouth eternally because we are family. And it is the church, it is the local church that enhances that in our lives. The church, the local church, and I know I, I forgot all about my points and all and telling them to put them up. I'm just going for it, okay? So the church enhances the way we live and grow. See, some people learn visually, some audibly, some through doing things, some through reading. All of those things, we all learn by all those different ways. And so we need to be together because there are some things that we only learn by doing. I remember years ago, a young man said, <coughs> I was moved when I saw how pure your worship was. He says, I couldn't believe it was like nobody else was around and you were just connecting with someone. See, we may not see that and experience that on the internet. See, if he wasn't there in the midst of it, he would not have seen and experienced that. We can put a lot of pictures up and, and show things, but he experienced something because he saw someone go from one place to another place in worship. And it moved him. See? It moved him. This is part of what the local church does. The local church provides the best way for us to facilitate how people love. Anybody ever heard of the five love languages? Words of affirmation. Acts of service, physical touch, quality time, and gift giving. Five. Five. When you're connected with a body, when you're part of assembly of people, and that's what the church is really. When we say church, we're not talking about this building. We're talking about the assembly, the grouping, the gathering of us people who are like-minded. That's what we're really talking about. And you don't know how many times when you're in a place, you walk by somebody and they give you a word that affirms. You don't know how many times you walk in and somebody does something for you. And you feel now love. Or somebody may hug you. And you say, whoa. I really needed that hug. See? You can hug your TV all you want. You can hug your computer all you want, or your phone, but it ain't hugging you back, baby. 
Only people can hug you back. And that physical touch sometimes makes all the difference in the world. The church provides that. Quality time. Why do you think we have fellowship times? So you can sit down and talk to somebody and know more than that's their name and what they do. Or face. You can get to know them. You know? I like to get to know you. We want to know each other. We need to know each other. So we know how to function with one another. And the church provides that. Okay? Now I want to move on to talk about the role of the church because it's very important. I got a few minutes here. So I'm going to roll through this pretty quickly. And some of those scriptures that I gave y'all, I'm not going to go to. So I'm going to read this out of the Passion Translation because uh, Ephesians chapter 4, and I think it's, it puts it so eloquently. And it says, in verse, starting in verse 4, it says, As a prisoner of the Lord, I plead with you to walk holy in a way that is suitable to your high rank. Giving, given to you in your divine calling, with tender humility, quiet patience, always demonstrate uh, gentleness and generosity, love towards one another, especially towards those who may try your patience. especially to those that will try your patience. <laughs> uh, I got to put up with them. Yeah, you do. Not just put up with them, but love them. Don't just put up with people. Love people that try your patience. And it says here, it says, especially those who try your patience. Be faithful to guard the sweet harmony of the Holy Spirit among you in the bond of peace. Being one body and one spirit, as you are all called into one glorious hope of divine destiny. Now, I'm going to skip down through a few verses, and I'm going to skip down to verse number 11, okay? And it says, and he, he meaning Christ, appointed some with grace to be apostles, and some with grace to be prophets, and some with grace to be evangelists, and some with grace to be pastors, and some with grace to be teachers. Five, fold ministry. Some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Now, it's important that you understand what the function of each one of those are. Because then you'll be able to understand why they do some of the things they do or say some of the things they say. It says, and their calling, this is most important, is to nurture and prepare the holy believers to do their own works of ministry. Okay? So quit looking at the pastor and say, pastor, you need to do, 
you know, pastor, pastor, you need to go out and evangelize. Pastor, you need to do, pastor, you need to, teacher, you need to, no. We're to prepare you to do your own. We're to prepare you to do your own works of ministry. That is the primary focus of those five offices, is to prepare the people, to nurture and prepare the people to do these functions, okay? The ministry, okay? That is their primary purpose. And as they do this, they will enlarge and build the body of Christ. These grace ministries will function until we attain oneness into the faith, until we all experience the fullness of what it means to know the Son of God. I talk to a lot of people that don't know the Son of God. They don't even know who he is. They don't. They go to church, but they don't know who the Son of God is. They know his name, but they don't know who he is. See, I can know your name without knowing who you are. But it says that they knew who he was. Okay? And it says here, it says here, the graces. And finally, we become into one perfect man with all, with the full dimension of spiritual maturity and fully developed into the abundance of Christ. And then our immaturity will end. We will not be so easily shaken by trouble. If there's anything that I see in the body of Christ today is people are shaken by trouble. And to me, that only means one thing. You don't know who you are, and you don't know whose you are. You're not rooted and grounded in Christ. Because you're going to church, you're not part of the church. And when I say you're not part of the church, I'm not talking about remnant Christians. I'm talking about this body of believers and followers of Jesus Christ. That's what I'm talking about. And it says, and led astray by novel teachings, by the false doctrines of deceivers. There's a lot of stuff out there today. There's a lot of roads to heaven if you listen to people. But Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. Now, people will challenge you on that and say, you're narrow-minded. Okay, my narrow mind will get me into heaven, and your wide mind will get you to hell. Because the Bible says, narrow is the way that leadeth to heaven, and broad and wide is the way that leads to destruction. So I'll be the narrow person in heaven while you're the broad person in hell. I'm okay with that. I'm not okay with you being in hell. I'm going to try to change that narrative in your life. But I'm okay with being narrow-minded in some people's way of thinking. You will be challenged today like none other. In America, 
there are so many isms and schisms and, and heresy and stuff out there right now that people are trying to tell you is right or is okay or you should embrace. It ain't right. And you shouldn't be embracing it. Not if you're God's child. But if you don't know, that's what you'll do. And so this is part of the function. Everything that I'm reading here is part of the role and the function of the local church. These five-fold ministries are part of what's trying to get this into you and help you to understand this. Okay? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish reading this real quick. It says, Who teach clever lies, but instead you will remain strong, always sincere with love, to, uh, as we express truth, all our directions and ministries will flow from Christ and lead us and, and lead us deeper into him, the anointed head of his body, the church. For his body has been formed in his image and is closely joined together and constantly connected as one. And every member has been given divine gifts. All of y'all got something to give. All of y'all, say, say, I want you to say this. I have something by God to give to you. That's what I want you to say. We all have something that is given to us by God to give to one another, okay? Okay, how young you are, how old you are. We all have it, okay? Now, I'm going to go through this real quick because the office gifts are like coaches. If you, if you look at a football team, the coaches are the ones that take, especially college. College coaches, they take your, their kids in from their, from their parents. They nurture them. They train them. They teach them. They prepare them to win the battle. Now, my team didn't do that yesterday. Okay, and I'm a little upset about that because they didn't all function together and they got beat. I'm getting off track. But when we come together, when we come into the, to the, to the local church, one of the roles and functions is to take you in at whatever level you are, to nurture you, to train you, to teach you, to prepare you, to send you out so you can be successful. Okay? All of these. That was my first point. My second point here, and I'm going to go through these really quick, is that this. The local church presents opportunity for authentic community and fellowship. Okay? It creates a sense of oneness. I don't care what culture, what background, what family, your family dynamics it doesn't really matter when you come into the body and you be and you embrace being in the body of Christ. Guess what happens? We start to lose all of that and we start to guess what? We start to create a new culture. It's the culture of the kingdom. Amen. See? The kingdom culture prevails when we come together. But if you disconnect it and disjoint it, right. if you're not around the body, you won't get that. 
That's the part of the role and function of the local church. We are here to build friendships and relationships, real friendships. I talk to so many young people. That's my, my, my friend. I can't believe my friend said that about me. Well, that person probably wasn't your friend. They were just an acquaintance or a schoolmate. Understand what the word friend means. Friend sticks closer than a brother. A friend is somebody that's going to be there for you and have your back. Not somebody that's always looking for you to do for them. So quit calling people your friends when all they are is an acquaintance. You're going to be my friend. I better know you and you better know me. I have a few friends here. Okay? Not everybody here is my friend. Not everybody here is my brother or sister if you are in Christ. But I have a few friends here. And these are people that I can count on and they can count on me. These are people that in the middle of the night, if I pick up a phone, I'm sure that they will respond. Church provides that. You can't get that from staying at home and watching on TV. Now, I understand if you have a disability and you can't get here. That's one thing. But if you're well able and you're not connecting, you're missing out. Church provides accountability and support. Some of you may say, why are you all up in my business? Because I'm supposed to be up in your business. Because we're family. Because we're part of one body. Your business is my business. And my business is your business. Because we're connected together, you see? Why why they always try, happen to call me? Because we want to know where you are and what you're doing. Why when you see my post, you want to have a word with me? Because maybe your post led me to have a word with you. You got to understand what the body means. What it means to be connected. What it means to be one. You wouldn't treat your children like that. You wouldn't tell your children, yeah, you can just go off and do whatever you want to do, whenever you want to, however you want to. Not if you're a good parent. And that's the way God built the body to be. To be connected. So the next time you see my phone, my name on your phone, don't put me on ignore. Pick it up. I might be calling you for a reason, and it's probably a good reason. Where are you? What's going on in your life? We got to become the body. This is what the local church, and the local church is the outgrowth of the worldwide church. You see, when the church was being added to, it was too many people together in one place. So they, they had to break them down into smaller units. And any of you understand that if you've ever been part of a growing, thriving business, that the more you grow, the harder it is to stay connected. And so God says, hey, I'm going to design a local church so people can stay connected with one another. 
The local church number three gives you the opportunity to grow in your gifts and abilities in a safe environment. By serving in the local church, you get to use your gifts and your abilities in a safe environment. In a, that, that's important. In a safe environment. See? I feel safe preaching to y'all. Now, I go out there and talk to a bunch of people who are not in Christ. I might not feel so safe talking to them. You know? But I feel safe. Yeah, I might mess up. But if I do, I still feel safe. When you are part of a body, and this is what the church provides, you get encouraged. You may get confronted, and you get elevated. All of these things come out of the local church. And I'm trying to tell you the importance and the need for us to come together because I'm trying to tell you part of the reason why they did that in the local churches back then is because they were persecuted. Persecution's coming our way. It's on the way. If you think not, you're being foolish. It's on the way. You see, they were persecuted. There were people that would challenge their faith. They were called Judaizers and agnostics. And there are more atheists, people who say, I don't believe in God. I think a lot of them are lying because they got hurt and they want to blame God for it. So now they don't believe in God. But let crisis come in their life and they're going, oh God, thought you didn't believe in him. But when we come together, we become strong. We are stronger together than we are apart. We really are. When we come together, we all bring something to the table that strengthens one another. And so now when the trials of life hit your life, you don't feel all alone. You say, I can pick up the phone and call somebody that I know is on my side and got my back. Somebody who knows me. Somebody who knows my fears and my troubles and my insecurities and my weaknesses and my strengths and all of those types of things. When we come together as a body, we become strong together. So then when we are separated, we can be strong witnesses of God. So I'm going to say this to you in closing, and that is this. Hebrews 10, 23 through 25 says this in the Passion Translation. It says, so now wrap your heart tightly around the hope that lives within us, knowing that God always keeps his promises. Discoveries create, discover creative ways to encourage one another. Well, we have some of those. We have connect groups and we have fellowships and we have this and we have that. And it says this, create, it, it, it says, discover creative ways to encourage one another and to motivate them towards acts of compassion, doing beautiful works as expressions of love. This is not the time to pull away 
and neglect meeting together. This is not the time to do the electric slide and pull away. This is the time to come together. This is the time to meet together. We need each other. So don't pull away. Come together more. Meeting together and have some form of habit doing. In fact, we should come together even more frequently. Eager to encourage and urge each other onward as we anticipate the day dawning. Guys, it's coming. It's coming. The persecution. You can see it. God is trying to be taken out of so many things. But we have to stand strong. And so I will say this to you. What is the result of being involved in the local church? It is this. You have strong, mature people willing and able to share the gospel. When was the last time you shared the gospel? When was the last time you told somebody about Jesus? Or are you afraid because you know they might confront you and you don't know what to say? If that's your case, get rooted and grounded. Come to the classes that we have. Come to the, to the connect groups. Come to church more often. Get rooted and grounded so that you know why you believe what you believe. The Bible says always be able to give a defense for that which you believe. How many of us can do that? When we are involved in the local church and it's functioning like it's supposed to, people will be able to live out a life like Christ regardless of situations and circumstances. Sometimes your greatest witness is when all hell is going on in your life and people look at you and say, I don't see how you're handling it. I don't see how you can still be smiling and have a genuine smile. I don't see how you can still be doing good when all of this trauma is going on around you. That is a great witness to many. And lastly, a well-connected body of people are able to stand for truth with genuine love. Not the world's love, but God's love. See, God's love is genuine. Because God's love is a copy love. God's love doesn't say, I'm going to love you because you love me. God's love says, I'm going to love you whether you love me or not. And part of loving somebody is speaking truth. And we've forgotten that. And we don't want to be confronted. We don't want to confront people with truth in their lives. Because we're not rooted and grounded. Because we're not strong in who we are. I'm going to say this. You can put this up or whatever you want. But this is what I want to say to you. Because I've talked to a lot of people. And people have gone to church. They have been around churches. And I says, when were you saved? Well, I've been going to church for about five. No, I didn't ask you to, what, how long you've been going to church. I asked you, when were you saved? When did you have that experience of the new birth? 
when did you have that personal drawing from the Holy Spirit that you said something's happening, something's different in my life. I don't know what it is, but something's going on. Something's changing in me. Going to church does not make you part of the church. But you must have the new birth. And so if you're to here today and you've never experienced the new birth, if you're here today and you can't and somebody was to walk up to you and was to say, are you saved? What would you say to them? If your answer is to start talking about how you've been involved in church and how you've been involved in this and that and the other, wrong answer. When was the day that you were encountered by the Holy Spirit and your life was changed? I can tell you it was August of 1970 when it happened in my life. And I was sitting in a service like this preacher was preaching I can't tell you what he was preaching but all I know is at the end of the service he gave a call for people to give their life to Christ and initially I was doing it I was walking forward with my buddy to try to look holy I got up out of my seat I said bro these girls are watching us now Come on. But about halfway there, I got encountered by the Holy Spirit. And he stopped and turned around and said, no, bro, I can't do this. And I'm like, I, I, I can't stop. I can't, I can't stop. I can't stop. I'm being drawn. And I was drawn and I fell on my knees and I surrendered my life to Christ. That was 1970 and I still remember it. I still remember that experience. And if you don't have an experience like that, if you can't say for sure, I know when he touched my life. I know when he came into my life. I know when I received. This is your day. Today is the day. If something I've said has caused you to want to surrender your life to him. Say, I don't know what's, something's going on inside of me. Something's happening inside of me. And I, I want to surrender to what's going on inside of me. Something is stirring in my spirit. It's probably God calling you to himself. And if that's you today, I invite you, just lift up your hand. Just lift up your hand. Just surrender your life. Quit going from one church to another church to another church to another church thinking that's the answer. That is not the answer. The answer is that God has called you into a new life, an eternal life with him. It's God saying, I want you to be mine for real. Not just my creation, 
but I want you to be my son. I want you to be my daughter. I want you to spend all of eternity with me. Will you? Will you let me in? Will you allow me to come in and take up habitation in you? That's what salvation is. That's what it means to be in Christ. It's not about church attendance. It's not about having your name on a membership row. It's about having that experience. Pastor George, you come on up. It's about having that experience, that relationship. Where you know that 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 I am his. He is mine. And we will be together forever. Because nothing can separate us from the love of God. Thank you. I feel the Holy Spirit this morning. If any of you are here and you say, first and foremost, two things I want to say. These words are striking you. Maybe you've been going to church and you like the feeling of church, but you never surrendered your life to the Lord. Now is the time to be born again. Born again. Not just have knowledge. So I want to I feel that tugging. So if you're here, maybe it was just one person, maybe just one person that someone brought you here. Or you're like, I don't know why, but I keep coming to this church because there's a good vibe. Let me tell you what that vibe is. A vibe is just a feeling. But the vibe is to draw you to the person who could change your life. So if that's you, quickly raise your hand. If, that, if that's you, you said, I want to be born again. I go to church, but I don't know if I ever got saved. I just, I, even if it's nobody, I just want to make sure that's, that's that. Okay. Because the greatest miracle is not someone walking out of a wheelchair. The greatest miracle is when one person gives their life to Jesus Christ. That's the greatest miracle. And then lastly, I want all of us to stand. All of us to stand, please. Worship team, we're going to get ready to sing a song that you, you, you guys have selected, but I want to just share this thing very powerfully when I say this. The role of the local church, and I heard this phrase, Pastor Keith, your distance, hear me now, is your responsibility. There's people, and I say this on love, that their distance on purpose has created a lack of accountability in their lives and then no one starts calling them guess what you say no one calls me anymore because you never show up we tried and tried and tried and then now we have to take care of the flock that's here you hear me years ago the Lord spoke to me while I was in prayer and I was chasing people chasing the 20% that didn't want to go to church and never would see them would see them once a month or once every other month and I would chase them and pray for them and call them almost begging them to come back to the Lord, to the fellowship. Because when you're not in fellowship, you just do crazy things by yourself because no one's keeping you accountable. I looked at the word accountable right now in the dictionary. It says for a person to take, be willing to stand an explanation of other person's actions. 
And the Lord spoke to me years ago and he said this, which is shocking. He said, stop chasing after the 80% that are showing no interest in wanting to be part of this because you're going to lose the 20% that are hungry that are here. The role of the local church is to equip you. The role of the local church is to buy, provide community for you. The role of the local church is to provide, watch this, accountability for you. There's no way that Pastor George with 200 people could know every person's name here or every person that's missing from church. But if you're plugged in in small groups, those people can keep you accountable. And there's something, the last thing I'll say, there's something about getting plugged in with your gifts that does something to your heart. Watch this. This is not scripted, okay? So Ryan, you just came here. This is not scripted. Ryan just came to our church. He doesn't know I'm coming to him. Immediately, he's a pastor's kid. Immediately, he came in and he loved the feeling of what he was happening here. He loved, it was bringing him back to his childhood memories. And he became consistent and hungry coming. But what? It didn't stop there. He was so hungry that he started going to some of the classes, getting plugged in immediately. Why? Because he has a gift of music. Now watch this. I can't explain it. But when you get plugged into your giftings, what does it do for you? It grows them. It grows them. What happens to your heart now that you're behind a, a, a guitar and sing? What, what happens to your heart? I just feel closer to his presence. You feel closer. Why? Because he's not just coming to church. He's part of the church. With Sammy, with Rady, Caitlin, they're using their gifts Guess what? Without you, without them, we can't have this corporate gathering. It's time for you to get plugged in. I hear that from the Holy Spirit. Say that with me. Say, it's time, it's time. that I get plugged in. I heard you the Lord saying, stop running, some of you. Stop running because you've been hurt. Stop running. The Lord needs you. We need you. Get plugged into community. I want us you to lift up your hands and close your eyes as we close right now. Worship Him. I want you to worship. And they're going to have you... If those of you who've been distant, we're going to have a call for you to get plugged in back into the local body. Come on. Come on. There's discipleship. There's teaching in you. There's singing in you. There's hospitality in you. There's administration in you. There's finance in you. Come on. Come on. Come on. There's abilities that we need. Lift up your hands. Come on.
great. Come on. Very quickly, very quickly, close your eyes as I hear clear direction from the Lord. Very quickly, I'm going to do this fast. I'm going to call two separate people out, groups of people out today, right now. I want you to close your eyes. The hardest people to reach are the people that have a lot of knowledge. And these are the people that I'm reaching. You can have all of the knowledge and not be plugged in at all. The first group of people, hear me now, I hear this from the Lord. Raise my mic up just a little bit, please. The first group of people that I'm going to call if you feel distant from the local church is because you got hurt by the local church at one point in your life. I just heard that so strong. Or you felt like there's a lot of hypocrisy in the church, and there is. No church is perfect, and the moment that you entered that church, it made it more imperfect because you're imperfect, just like the leadership. But I hear from the Lord that some of you, when you were a child, maybe a couple of years ago, you got hurt by a church, and you have a distaste for the local body, but that's not how it was supposed to be. Just because church leadership or church people hurt you does not mean that we neglect the family of God altogether. The Lord, I feel the Holy Ghost all over me, is saying return to the local church, to Him, but in community. So the first call, well, I, when I have your eyes closed, if you feel a distance in your walk with God because some church hurts you, the Lord is inviting you to be healed today, and He's inviting you to let that pain go and be part of a local church. That means you have to let go of your pride. Well, God forbid, right? You have to let go of your pride and say that I'm right all the time. You have to let go of that and say, I want to try it again. I want to give you my hurt. Listen to me. I hear this from the Lord. The people that hurt you were hurt themselves. But that doesn't represent who God is. So that's number one. That's the first people I'm calling. The second, if you're part of this church or you've come in this church and you feel distance, I'm going to ask you this a challenge. This is a bold challenge. And you don't consistently come to gatherings, the Lord is challenging you to be an example in your family and make attendance, make gatherings, make prayer, make the community a priority. Don't just sit at home. The second type of people are those who feel distant because you rather watch online and get informed rather than come consistently. So those two people, real quick, real quick. If you're any of those two people and you say, I want to get replugged in, I feel distance, I want to start making a commitment to, to be a part of the local church and even offer my gifts. But number one, if you've been hurt by a church, those two, lift up your hands if you're in any of those categories. I, I, know, I know it because I feel the Holy Spirit, so stop resisting. I, I know it. There's one. I know, I know who you are by the Spirit. Come on. There you go. There you go. Thank you for that bold move, my sister. Those of you who are lifting up your hands and you say you want to be reconnected or you've been hurt by church, quickly get out of your seat and join me here. We're going we're gonna to pray healing. Come, come. Thank you for that. Thank you for tuning in. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.